Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. I wasn't actually sure if I was the right person for the team. I didn't have any experience working at a startup. I think one thing that really helped me was that even though I may not have had all the answers, I knew that what I lacked in the knowledge sector, I could make up with sheer grit and determination. My name is Esprit Devora host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create The Women in Tech Show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. I call it actionable empowerment. Every single episode, you'll hear the story of a fantastic woman in tech, from engineers to founders to investors to journalists to designers, all sorts of different females in tech who have thrived. I want to share their stories with you so that you can know what resources, mentors, and life situations they accessed in order to get to where they are today. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Women in Tech podcast. I am so excited to have an incredible woman in tech from Los Angeles here with me. Hello. Hi, everyone. My name is Yadi Yans, and I am the co-founder of Lemondo. Lemondo is a social enterprise and a financial tech company that aims at bringing affordable and transparent financial services to the unbanked and underbanked communities. And how long has Lemondo existed? Yeah, so Lemondo was started by a couple of Harvard MBAs um, back in the East Coast. And one of the original founders came out to L.A. a little over a year ago to really get it off the ground and brought me and the tech guy um, to build it out and have Lemondo evolve from there. So you moved to Los Angeles from the East Coast for Lemondo? No, the original co-founder. So that's Ed Pruce. And then how did you find Lemondo? Google. No. <laughs> yes. Yay. Yes. Old school. So, so knew, yeah. none of us knew each other. No, nobody on the original. And team. How did you what were you Google searching? Rad jobs in L.A.? Uh, I was not, actually. So I came from corporate America. Um, I started my career in nonprofit and then uh, moved into law firms. And I have a really big passion for helping people. So you can call me like an avid volunteer. And I thought the time was right for me to go in and do some public service full time. And so I had this idea. Well, first I was wondering like what are the things that people really have a need that isn't being met right now and I thought um, affordable financial services was one such need and instead of going out and starting my own thing I decided to see if anyone else in the LA area was doing it because why reinvent the wheel if there's some awesome people working on an awesome idea and I googled and ran across Lamando and Ed and just sent them a message and said, hey, I'm from L.A. I have a ton of experience working with nonprofits in the Latino community, and I'd really love to help out. And he brought me in. He said, you know, I'm not really hiring anyone right now. Uh, We're not looking to expand. I said, that's okay. I'll volunteer. You know, just give me some projects. What do you need? And so there we were spending our evenings and weekends and then 
before you knew it, I was hired on. It's amazing. Okay. And what does that's so cool. I love it because I always say in life, we should just go after what we want and in our invent our reality. What does Lamondo do and who does it serve? So Lamondo is a social enterprise and a fintech company that aims to bring affordable financial services to the unbanked and underbanked communities. So that means people that are either entirely using alternative financial services to navigate the financial system. For example, people are um, cashing their checks, using money orders to pay their bills and maybe getting loans from payday lenders or pawn shops. And um, so we are providing a spectrum of affordable financial services um, for those people to have an alternative. And and how long have you worked with Lamondo now? A little over a year. I mean, in startup world, that's on to retirement. <laughs> I mean, it says a lot about the company that you've been with them for over a year now. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I've been having a blast. And, you know, the guys knew that I had this is my first venture into the startup world. And so I wasn't even sure if I would hack it like one day, if they would want to keep me around after a week. And so I guess it's a testament to how much value I've brought to the team that they wanted to keep me on this long. And um, and what we're doing, I think, is really important. And we're all having a lot of fun. So how long has Lamondo been around, including the time that it launched in Boston? So Lamondo was originally started, I think, back in 2014. And originally it was a supposed to be a remittance company. So Lemondo is Spanish for to send. And then when Ed Pruse, one of the original co-founders, came out to LA and we did a lot of research and focus groups, we saw that the bigger need was basic financial services. So the business really evolved from there to provide more than just remittances, but also an affordable banking product and a uh, way to build credit affordably. And tell us what is remittance? Remittance. Blah, 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 blah. Tell us what is remittance is. A remittance is international money transfer. So sending money back to Latin America or any other country from here. And tell us a little bit of background on the founders and then a little bit about your background, which we'll lead into. But uh, why are, are the two founders the people to make Lamondo a success? Well, I think the three of us together are the people that will make Lemondo be successful. Um, first and foremost, we have a ton of passion. We really believe in helping others. And we think that we can successfully help this community. And um, Ed specifically, he, he worked for a couple of companies in the finance sectors and actually worked abroad in Colombia for a year. So he's fluent in Spanish and um, he he's just a brilliant mind and he really cares about others and people in the community, the clients that we're trying to work with. And Charles Zivko, he's our tech guy and he's been doing tech and I think in the financial sector for a very long time. He likes to say, you know, longer than we've been in our working careers. Um, so he's just super brilliant and was able to build out all our platforms and integrate a bunch of the technology really rapidly. And myself, I guess I'll dive a little bit deeper yeah, into please. what my background is. Um, so I I don't know how far back I should go. Um, when you were born. When I was born. Uh, so when you start thinking about careers as a kid, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, I just knew that I wanted to help people. 
And so when your teacher is asking, like, what is it that you want to do? And I said, I just really want to help people. And I said, what kind of people? Adults, children? I said, children sounds good. She's like, well, you want to be a children's attorney. So I said, okay, that's what I'm going to be. And so that's pretty much what I had my eyes on until college. And um, I did internships with attorneys. And I saw that I could really help um, youth and other folks without necessarily being in that specific sector. And so after I graduated, I went into nonprofit and worked for a couple nonprofit organizations in L.A. area that work with foster youth, current and former foster youth and their families, providing them with resources and various areas, including housing, um, job placement, education, basically everything that falls under life skills. And I really enjoyed it. But what I saw was that there was a need for people that had worked in the corporate sector that could bring in the business knowledge and experience and infuse it into the nonprofit side. So that's what I did. I went back into the corporate sector and worked at a couple really big law firms, like prestigious places, (laughs) and acquired a lot of um, business knowledge, like working on the business side. And I knew, though, I all along that I was always going to come back and do something that let me help people. Um, so in the meantime, I, I kept my passion by volunteering on the weekends and the evenings. Um, but I knew the plan all along was to come back and use those skills that I had developed. And what would you say was the first moment you realized you felt really passionate about technology? Well, I've always been passionate about science since high school. Um, I actually had a high school science teacher that said that I had potential. And at that time, I didn't really think about it too much because I still thought that I wanted to be an attorney. So I was like, that doesn't really fall into my, you know, life plan. Right. Um, But I've always really just enjoyed like all areas of STEM. And Um, you know, I do encourage young people when I talk to them about careers and um, what to think about what they want to do in the future, that that's the area that they should be um, trying to find their passion in because that's really where the future is. And I mean, I'll I'll also say I am married to a mechanical engineer, (laughs) a robotics engineer, um, and he works at... um, at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory, so I no hear it twenty four seven. Yeah, <laughs> you've said a few times that your co-founders really make you feel valued. What do they do to make you feel valued? Um, you know, with everything going on in the world, I thought that that was really important to hear that. So, what are some examples? What does that look like? I think most importantly is open communication trust and share of responsibility. Um, My colleagues are really great about listening to my ideas. And if I don't, I make sure that they listen to my (laughs) ideas. And they also made it clear that it's okay if I fail. That is really, really important to me because I don't like to fail. And I'm probably harder on myself than they are combined. And so I'm glad that they give me that freedom to really try and break things um, because that's really what we need. We don't really know. We don't have all the answers. Right. 
And so you just got to be willing to try a bunch of things and be okay with failing. And they really have like provided that atmosphere. And if I have suggestions in something that I think is even not my area, I still bring it up and they use it. Sometimes they implement it and other times they don't, but at least they listen to my opinion. Um, and I would say that's probably like the key thing. I know it. I, I feel like we, we sound very, um, uh, you know, like a super happy family. <laughs> um, uh, but I think all of us do a really great job of making this a great company with great teammates because we know that we're laying the building blocks for how Lemondo is going to be perceived and what the culture is going to be when we grow. Totally. So this is really funny. So yeah. remember when we were talking about how I found Lemondo and basically charmed my way in? Yeah. So after I had them really impressed with yeah. my work as yeah. a volunteer. Yeah, this is pretty funny. They said, you know what? We want to bring you onto the team. And I said, that's great. I want to be co-founder. And they they said, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and they said, OK, we'll make it work. And I no. said, absolutely. Dude! Yeah. Yeah. Wait, OK, wait. Did that take so much guts? I definitely felt so. Uh, you know, I again, this is like my first uh, for in the startup world. So I really didn't have other people to talk to. Yeah. How do you negotiate this? Is it really appropriate to be a co-founder once the team is kind of up and running? Or yeah. at what point is it too late? And now you're just another employee in the company. Right. Uh, but I, I think I did demonstrate that I brought a ton of value at the beginning. And it was something that the team really needed at the time was you know, how do we understand this customer better and how do we reach them? Yeah. And the yeah. two guys are wonderful, but they, their expertise are in different areas and they're not from L.A. I call them naturalized Angelinos. The <laughs> one is from Wisconsin and the other one is from Indiana. But now, how long did you volunteer before you either became a co-founder or got a, f a full time position? <laughs> That's another awesome question. I just did it for a couple of weeks and I said to Ed, you know what? I'm having a ton of fun, but my work is really demanding. And so we have to sit down and figure out some kind of arrangement if you want me to continue working on the project. And so that's how the conversation about bringing me on full time actually happened. Did you become full time first and then co-founder or straight to co-founder? Straight to co-founder. Go, girl. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Now, had you ever been a founder of a company before? No. So did you know, what did that mean to you at the time? I had no idea. I, I really didn't know what it meant. But I, I'll tell you this. Um, from all of my experience and working in business, I became really passionate about negotiating. So you could offer me a really awesome deal, but right. I don't feel like I contributed or I'm growing and expanding if I don't at least try to negotiate more. Right, and right. to me, actually negotiating for myself, I thought that I was demonstrating to the team like this is what I'll be doing with our outside partners, being a go-getter, so awesome. working with nonprofits and reaching our customers. So uh, awesome. Yeah. So you're such a great example to everybody on on belief in self, really. Like, I, I love it. And so what would you say has been the, mo the most challenging obstacle being a founder that you've overcome and how did you overcome it? One, uh, there were many. 
Um, it's interesting that you say that I have a lot of self-confidence because I wasn't actually sure if I was the right person for the team. I didn't have any experience working at a startup. I knew nothing about financial technology sector. And, you know, I was leaving a really comfortable job with people that I really like to work with in an industry that I excelled in. Right. So I was giving up a lot. And it was really scary. And I wasn't really sure if I had the confidence or the know-how of being able to execute and deliver for the team. I think one thing that really helped me was that even though I may not have had all the answers or known about the financial tech industry or what it's like to work for a startup, um, I knew that what I lacked uh, lacked in the knowledge sector, I could make up with sheer grit and determination and that I was going to be willing to do whatever it takes to be successful, to make sure that I don't let my teammates down, that the company flourishes and does well. And I've had a ton of experience because life has thrown a lot of challenges and obstacles my way. And I've taken the rosy detour if you will um and accomplishing things but i've always kept my eye on the prize now if you don't mind me asking that and please i don't i'm definitely not looking to invade privacy intentionally like i'm not a controversial journalist or something um (laughs) how did you negotiate your uh equity agreement as a co-founder i ask that because I think it's difficult. I think it's difficult. At least I have difficulties a lot of times recognizing my self-worth. And then contracts can be really intimidating. And on top of that, you didn't start it. You came in later. So you need a very, very powerful mindset with a lot of confidence to come in and say, here's my value. If you wouldn't mind sharing with us, how'd you do it? Yeah. So we could learn from you. So I think for me, it was really about knowing what was important to me and having priorities. And for me, it was about working on an awesome project idea with the potential to help a lot of people. And uh, I mean, I'll be honest, the equity or, you know, the salary wasn't really something that was um, super crucial for me to get into the details. Um, However, I have a ton of experience putting together proposals and negotiating deals. So I was already very comfortable with negotiating and always asking for more than I really want. It's kind of been ingrained to me at this point. And about the equity, yeah, I knew that I was coming in later on as and also trying to ask to be a a co-founder instead of just joining the team. And I think what helped a lot was having a lot of respect and wanting to work with the team that I had. Both Ed and Charles are really amazing people. And I know that they've, I I knew from the get-go that they valued my contribution and who I was as a person and what I brought to the table. And I think that definitely helped being able to have an open conversation with them because I knew that they would be open and be willing to listen to what I really wanted. And of course, Ed said, we want, Lemondo to be a place where people enjoy working and you feel that your contributions are valued. And, you know, I just did a ton of research and talked to all of my 
lawyer friends, like, what kind of deals do you negotiate here? And at the end, I worked with Ed and Charles to negotiate something that I thought was fair. And then I went back and renegotiated later. Really? <laughs> of course. Wait, no, not of course. How? How'd you get the guy? Like, how long passed before you renegotiated? Um, I think a, it was. Yeah, about, I don't think you understand how extraordinary, extraordinarily powerful your communication and willingness to communicate your value is. I don't think we all have that, or at least it's, it's. I don't know. We don't embrace it. Like. You have. So I think that's the key. I don't feel like I have a magical power, but I feel like I've definitely um, embraced it. And it's because I've practiced it over a really long period of time. In your background being working within law firms. Yeah, with a bunch of high profile, really powerful lawyers that are super brilliant and are jetting off all over the world working on mega deals. And those are the people that I rubbed elbows with. So I had to be really comfortable and secure in myself. So interesting. But you also, I think it's important to keep in the back of your mind, what do you have to lose? What's the worst that can happen? They say no. But I'm still on the team. I'm still doing something that I'm passionate about. And that was enough for me. And how long before you renegotiated? I think it was about nine months. Yeah. And, and how did you decide, one, that was the time to renegotiate and also that you even could renegotiate, like that there was something of more value at that point? I don't think there's any right or wrong answers. It's more of getting a better understanding of what the business is really about. Because as I said, I had no idea what I was getting myself into or yeah. what this whole space was about and seeing um, you know, what my contribution really meant to the success of the company. And I I thought that it was a good time to be able to sit down with my teammates and say, this is what I've accomplished so far. And I think that this is what I should be um, getting compensated um, based on my overall package. Right. And... Um, you know, they they agreed. And so, yeah, I, I wasn't trying to take advantage of the situation or them. Um, but I was th- I felt like I was advocating for myself and my self-worth and what I was bringing to the table. So cool. It's really, really inspiring. How can people connect with you? Where do they go? They can get information on the Lemondo website, www.lemondo.com. If you're interested in partnering, you can email us at partnerships at com, And if you want to reach out to me directly, you can email me at yadi at com. Amazing. Thank you so much for hanging out with the Women in Tech podcast. Yadi's been amazing. I'm sure all of you have been just as inspired as I am. I think this has been a great example of what it is to be confident in a, the professional world. Thank you so much. I had a blast chatting here. I think that you did an awesome job of making me sound more spectacular (laughs) than I really am. I just want to say to all the ladies that you are all amazing and you have a lot of value that you can bring into this world and to just go for it. Ah, I love it. You guys remember to say hello on all the socials at Women in Tech Show or you could tweet at me directly at Esprit Devora. I will talk to you guys. See you guys. Hear you guys in the next episode. Bye.
This episode of the Women in Tech Show is powered by UpGuard. UpGuard's discovery engine brings visibility to complex IT environments, enabling teams to quickly identify risk, confirm compliance, and make business safer. They are proud supporters and employers of incredible women in tech. The Women in Tech podcast is an independent production funded by you, the community. To support women in tech, if you believe in the vision as much as we do, please consider going to womenintechpodcast.com. That's womenintechpodcast.com and just click on the contribution link to keep this podcast going. Thank you. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.